Good morning, good night, wherever you are in the world, and welcome back to another episode of Reconnect with your teenager, with yours truly, Emma G. If you are new to this podcast, I am a youth empowerment through songwriting coach, helping parents reconnect their teenagers and teenagers reconnect themselves by using the lens of music and songwriting. Now, I'm very aware that that is not the most conventional way of youth development. So I thought, what better way to build the empire of unconventional youth work than by interviewing wonderful humans like today's guest, Jesse Coulter, all the way from the Midwest for now. <laughs> You're in Kansas. Um, Jessica Coulter is the CEO and founder of Ace cookie tutoring. How are you today, my love? Hey, Emma, good to be here. It's fun to talk again. It's been a while. I know. I know. The last time we had a conversation, you were running like a marathon sprint of interviews with other youth workers in your world. Um, but that was, gosh, I think over a year ago now. Tell me what's mm -hmm. going on in your life now. Are you still well, running podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. The event you're talking about, yeah, was a live event where lots of speakers over a short amount of time for short interviews. And uh, yeah, I definitely still am hosting summits and other live events like that. It's a lot of fun, actually. Just finished one a couple days ago. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. So tell me a little bit more about Ace Cookie uh, Tutoring. What, what is that? What is like what? How did this become a thing? Definitely. A lot of people, when they hear that, they think, okay, she works with people to help them make cookies. And it's like, no, that's not <laughs> what it is. So but it's like, okay, I'm in transition right now. Is it like Ace Cookie Tutoring and Study with Jesse, or is it Study with Jesse at Ace Cookie Tutoring? So to make it way more clear, we're all about study skills. And so I guess the short answer, Emma, would be that, uh, you know, I'm a tutor and it's middle school, high school, college kiddos. And most people think tutors work with students to help them pass a class, you know, a paper, a test, whatever. And it's like, yeah, that works. That's good. That's what I do too. But it's not the focus anymore because it's mm -hmm. not the answer. It's it's not it's not going to fix the problem, which I know we're going to talk about in a little bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think so. Let, let's you open the can of worms. Let's go. <laughs> let's go there. There are a number of holes that have been evidenced in the education field, specifically as a result of the pandemic. Um, and I think a lot of people have recognized that as a result of those holes, it also has a dramatic effect on how young people are functioning mentally, emotionally, socially, intellectually, all the things. So can, let, let's dive right in. What what prompted you to wanting to create, found uh, Ace Cookie Tutoring? Yeah, to me, the answer is pretty simple. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm the nerd, you know, I'm the person that's always loved to learn. I was always the person that, uh, you know, if the teacher didn't send home homework, I was like, well, what am I going to do tonight? Like, what, what's my weekend supposed to look ah, like? And, I love that. <laughs> you know, I that's that. what I was. And so... When I started tutoring, I realized not every student was like me. Like that was kind of an eye opener. Like, what do you mean you don't want A's? Like, why do you just want to pass? Like that was mm. weird to me. And I know better now. The more students I work with, the more I'm like, okay, you know, we're just trying to get through some of us. 
but uh, I realized every single student I worked with was missing at least one study skill. I mean, I'd ask them to take out their notes or I'd ask them, you know, what's due tomorrow or, you know, what do we need to work on? And they tell me, I don't know, or what are you talking about? Why would I have that? And I realized, okay, <laughs> I need to do more than just help you get through this class because you're mm. going to have the same exact problem next semester, maybe three years from now, that there's something more going on. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about like the goals of, of students, um, everybody, every student is different. Every student is built different. Every student has different uh, goals. They also have different learning styles. And one of the things that you indicate on your website is the fact that traditional schools often offer a one-size-fits-all curriculum that doesn't meet every student's personal learning needs. So when it comes to tutoring, um, how do you help young people feel validated during their learning processes? Mm -hmm. That's a very good question. And so the simple, simple answer really comes down to those three learning styles that I think pretty much everyone's familiar with the idea of being auditory, visual or kinesthetic. And I know you can break it down way more than that. And that there's, you know, even more learning styles. But that's where I focus because those are the big ones. You know, those mm -hmm. are the ones that truly matter. And so I teach all students I work with that go through my Love to Learn Study program, the same 11 study skills. But those 11 study skills are changed or kind of personalized based on each student's learning style and also based on their interests. I mean, if I'm working with a kiddo that loves baseball, I'm going to talk about note taking this direction. But if I'm talking to someone who loves theater, you know, we're going to talk about organization and time management much differently than we would related to baseball. So that's that's what my program is all about is the fact that it's all one on one because you don't want to have a group of kids that learn differently let alone group kids that have different interests. I mean, that's what school is. And so that's the whole point of tutoring is it's all one, one, it's all personalized and it gets a lot more buy-in from students because they realize, Oh, you know, it's just Jessica, it's just me. And we can talk about whatever we want as long as we cover what we need to cover. Yeah. Yeah. Establishing that relationship, uh, that strong foundation of a relationship between educator, mentor, coach, um, and, and student is, is, so important. Um, it, it's it's funny because I've been working in the youth development field for 10 years now, but I actually come from an education field myself. And one of the things that um, I found really beneficial for the way that I was taught to teach uh, was through Indigenous teaching practices through the Māori, Māori Tikanga Māori practices in New Zealand. Um, and one of the things that um, well, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of teaching principles that come from Indigenous teaching practices that I think really kind of filter into what you're saying, um, because so many Western approaches to teaching just don't necessarily look after the person as much as they look after the collective, and then people sort of fall by the wayside. Do you have like core teaching principles that you specifically like to hone in on? Definitely. I mean, the big one that I always focus on is the fact that every student can learn. I mean, oh, you know that, yeah. we know that, you know, parents know that, but not all students know that. And so, I mean, I, I always do my best to get that message out there. The fact that it's never that someone's dumb, it's never that someone's unable to learn. It just literally is, does that person, you know, that tween, that teen, that college student, that whatever, actually have the skills to study and actually have the skills to learn because he knows how to.
Yeah, yeah, and and making sure that it's like feels uh, not just accessible but of interest to them, like you said before about like the baseball versus theater. Um, I remember in high school hated trigonometry with a passion mm-hmm. until. I was playing pool with somebody one night and they were like, you do realize this is just triangles. The entire game of pool is just <laughs> triangles. I'm like, mother tracker, that's, <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? That's crazy. So the name Ace Cookie Tutoring. Now that I'm in the youth development field, um, you know, ha- using education as a, and, and music and things to help young people figure out their emotional, mental, and and social selves. When I see your name, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is the ACEs format of the um, Adverse Childhood Experiences. Because in in youth development, at least for the way that I was, you know, taught, um, a lot of my work is focused on the adverse childhood experiences that my clients and young and old have all gone through. Does that have anything to do with the name of your business? (laughs) Like, is this like adverse childhood experiences with learning? And, and, you know, Queen Jessica is here to to help save the day. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, tell me about that. Oh, goodness. I I don't know if it's quite as noble as that. I can't say that it was. So, (laughs) I mean, it comes down to, I I tutor the ACT a lot as well. And so that was kind of step number one is that it's like, okay, I want to have something that the acronym would be ACT without actually having, you know, all the legal issues of being an ACT, you know. (laughs) Gotcha. And then also, you know, I love, I love cookies. I mean, I do. I mean, you know, so it's one of those things where... I wanted to tie the love of baking in with the love of tutoring. And so I thought it was a good idea, you know, for anyone that is listening and, you know, is thinking about a name for business, the market research would have been a good idea to realize, you know, cookies would have led them to the wrong direction instead of realizing an after school snack, like milk and cookies. That's where my brain was going. Oh, yeah. I like that. So play on yeah, the play on the words. I like that. It's funny. My my fiance's business is um Krav Maga CDK confidence during chaos because he said C- CDC was taken. So you know, Google searches are important. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. So you you offer private tutoring for uh, content related needs, including ACT prep, proofreading high school and college papers, essay writing, and middle school core subjects, including math. Mm-hmm. Math, I think, is one of those subjects that most Gen Zers in particular kind of freak out about. (laughs) And I feel as if, or at least I've seen evidence of, a lot of young people now turning to the likes of TikTok and Instagram Reels to get those kind of math hacks or school hacks. Are you involved with helping people navigate that space as well? Because I feel like a lot of parents are freaking out about their kids, like going to these these social media apps and thinking they're not actually learning anything. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of funny how many students I work with, they're like, oh, yeah, I I watched a TikTok, you know, or I watched a reel or, you know. And so sometimes I feel like (laughs) what I'm teaching them is validated by something else they've seen, you know. because oh, yeah wait. someone else said it so well if you said it and someone else said it it must be true validation through tiktok i love that so much <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> um, 
So does that mean that you have a TikTok channel channel, blah, channel coming up? <laughs> oh, you know, it's one of those things. I feel like I, you. this is probably something you struggle with too, Emma, is that I feel like I work with teens directly, but yet they're not the ones that hire me. And so it's like, okay, do I speak to the parents? And specifically moms is kind of where my direction is. Or do I talk to the teens? Mm. Because it's like, okay, yeah, I could produce so many resources for the teen specifically but yeah at the same time are they going to be looking for me and so right. me all my material is for the parents and then when I work with the teens one-on-one -on -one, so that that's kind of what I do so I guess a short answer <laughs> would have been Emma that you know I have Instagram I have pretty much everything but TikTok and uh, I plan on keeping it focused on the parents for now. Fair enough, fair enough. So that, that's an interesting thing because I think a lot of youth workers in particular, unless you're, uh, you know, um, franchising out or not franchising out, um, unless you're getting hired by organizations or community centers or schools directly, um, it's, it's really, it can be a really daunting area to try and figure out how to get in front of your key demographic because your sweet spot just like mine is with the teenagers not so much necessarily with the, with the parents right exactly. so how do you how do you balance that uh or find that balance between you know jessica with the parents and jessica with with the coaching of the teenagers Definitely. I mean, part of it feels like that's almost like a business lesson right there, you know? I think it's wrong. <laughs> you know, when I started, it's like, okay, what, what would I have really have liked to know in August of 2019 when ACD tutoring, you know, left the ground? So, <laughs> I mean, it comes down to messaging. I mean, that's like the shortest answer I can give you, Emma, is that knowing, okay, if I say, you know, your teen or your child, okay, obviously I'm speaking to parents, I'm speaking to educators, you know, guardians. Whereas I used to say, you know, you need to do this or, you know, things for you. And it's like, oh, <laughs> there's just a slight difference there, but it calls mm. to a totally different audience. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been around since 2019. Mm -hmm. That's when Ace Cookie Tutoring existed, but I've been tutoring for a lot longer than that. So, of yeah. course you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But run me through that because 2019 life looked normal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Life is now not so normal um, still, uh, and, and there's obvious arguments that normal was broken in many ways, but um, how, have, how, how did you find the pandemic affected the way that A, students were showing up for themselves, and B, your work with the students, especially in that socially distanced, which is a completely ridiculous term, I think, but um, physically distanced uh, space? Yeah, you know, a lot of people are really surprised when I tell them that I wasn't crazy busy during the pandemic because the thing that really impacted my business was the fact that schools either were open or they weren't, or if they were open, it was kind of a joke. I mean, there were right. so many students that even locally, the schools told them they didn't have to go back. It was a mm -hmm. matter of, especially at the high school where I'm at, um, like well, here in Kansas, they were told the students were like, if you have an A or a B, you're done. Like you only have to come back and show up if you want to. Mm. But for anyone that didn't have that A or B, well then, yeah, you have to come back and do classes for, you know, that last quarter of the year. So honestly, it was one of those things that was really slow for me professionally. And then going back, I also substitute teach. And so, yeah, going from that, that I only started in January before the pandemic. So, you know, having like a month of 
normalcy. And then all of a sudden, mm. dubbing was new district, new rules, like everything. So. Right, right. When you established Ace Cookie Tutoring, because one of the things you mentioned very early on in this conversation was that this whole thing kind of came about because you are a nerd, I think was the term you used. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I consider myself a nerd, just BT dubs, but um, I love education. But, I, you know, I'm, how do you, what's my question? I'm trying, I'm trying to badly say this, but when it comes to engaging your students, do you feel that you are also connecting with fellow nerds or are you, like, what's the demographic that you're, really finding yourself working with and how do you make sure that you feel con or that the teenager feels connected with you as you go th through your coaching with them definitely i think that's an interesting question because i feel like there's like two or three buckets of students and i don't know if this is what you see too emma but for me as a tutor i see the kids that have never gotten it like they just think mm. they're dumb they think that they're just a bad student like they just think nothing's ever going to work for them I also work with the students that have never failed before. And so they have no idea what it's like to have to study, to have to try. And then you've got the kids that are in the middle, which, you know, some things go really well. So they're like, well, I'm great at math or, you know, mm -hmm. well, English has always been easy. And then everything else is air. So I feel like there's three very different groups of kids. Now, most people, most mm -hmm. parents, as soon as they hear that I was, you know, valedictorian, that I had straight A's since fourth grade, they think, oh, she didn't have to try. Like, it was just easy, smooth sailing. And that's part of the reason I tutor is because it's like, no, <laughs> there was never a single class where I just showed up and got an A on the test. No, it was 12 hours per test that I studied, no matter if it was a fifth grade test, a seventh grade, you know, it, it, all, all throughout. That's what I did. You said something quite profound just now, or at least it feels profound to me. And that is the fact that a lot of students or many students that you work with have not experienced failure before. Mm -hmm. Failure is such a tricky buzz topic at the moment, I feel, because I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how failure is one of those things that often breaks a person and in the education space especially when you're a teenager to fail often results in teenagers feeling like they're a failure mm -hmm. one of the things that i'm super passionate about is making sure that they recognize that from the failure comes growth comes mm -hmm. an opportunity for new beginnings an opportunity for newfound skills an opportunity for newfound music obviously with you, how does your work foster a sense of happy failure or healthy failure? The thing I try to get across is the fact that even though you failed up till now, you don't have to continue to fail if you don't want to. I mean, the thing... Harold is a decision away. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm not a very wooey person. Like, I didn't truly believe in any of the thoughts and things. I, I mean, giggling about your sign, you know, because it's like, I believe it now. <laughs> but, man, I, 
before I had a business coach and went through a lot of kind of the mindset stuff, I, I would have told you it was nonsense. But yeah. so when I work with students that when I tell them, you know, if you think you're going to be bad at this class or you think that test is going to go badly, it's going to. And they look at me like, what's wrong with you? It's like, yeah, I was there myself. But I think about, OK, how did I do so well in school if I didn't believe that back then? And I think about my goal. You know, there was nothing ever in my mind that said I couldn't be valedictorian. There was nothing that ever told me I wasn't going to earn an A. I mean, even when a teacher literally said, Jessica, I can't teach you. And that's truly what started the tutoring for me was, okay, <laughs> I need to find someone to help me because I want mm. this class. I want to get this grade. I want to, you know, make this dream a reality. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's really what it was, is I knew I could do it. And so that's what I help other students realize, too, is, yeah, you want it, make it happen. Yeah, yeah. It's like that that story of Roger Bannister. Are you familiar with who that is? Mm -mm. He's he's the guy that broke the I think it was the nine nine minute mile. Oh. Um yeah, he you know, for, for years people were like, There's no way that you can beat this this record time and uh but he'd never heard that it couldn't be done. <laughs> yep. So in his mind he was like, Well, I'm just gonna do this thing and everyone's like, Oh, okay. So now he's you know, he, he killed, he killed the record and then people after him killed the record. And it, it's it really, I mean, yes, it may feel a little bit woo woo to some people, <laughs> but I truly believe our life is what our thoughts make it, which is why I'm so big on, on songwriting and music, you know, the repeated thoughts create your reality with regards to, so on, on that same sort of note, uh, sorry, I'm full of puns today. Uh, <laughs> on that same note, when it comes to our thoughts becoming reality, how do you navigate students who really struggle with reframing those thoughts? Because often, at least in my and my experience of teaching is from a plethora of backgrounds, whether it's lowest lower decile communities up to high decile communities. Um, but a lot of the students that I've I've taught previously have, you know, they come from communities that deduce them to boxes. They come from communities and families and histories and ge genealogies that really tell them this is who you are, this is who you're going to be, this is how you're going to grow up. But I believe that it's really possible to break that generational belief system so specifically with education and, and learning are there specific techniques that you utilize in the classroom when working with those varieties of, of students i think the the answer to that comes to i'm lucky that pretty much all the students i work with come to me because their parents value education so i mean good or bad i mean it's one of those things where i don't truly ever get a chance to talk to a parent one-on-one -on -one, whether it's a phone call zoom call whatever unless they actually see value in their teen learning how to learn like if they don't think it's important for their teen to have these study skills to know you know how to actually take notes how to organize you know you know whatever the skill is i'll never really get a chance to talk to them but at the same time you know, when I work with students as a substitute teacher or when I've been a parent in the past, you know, and I had a classroom full of kids that, like you're talking about, different backgrounds, I treated everyone the same. I mean, I had the same expectations of everyone. I mean, one, one of the students I always talk about in my webinar that I'm actually giving today is uh, a student who sat in the corner 
refused to go to class and uh, was a parent of special education classroom, but he sat in the corner on his computer all day playing games. And like, mm. he just thought, you know, this is going to be like last year. I can just sit here and the teachers are going to leave me alone. And who cares if I graduate? Cause it doesn't matter to me. Mm. And uh, I mean, I sat down, I sat on the floor next to Emma for like two weeks and then he realized, okay, Miss Coulter's in my space. She must want something. And he finally realized, okay, well, I put the computer away. I get to work. We do what needs to be done. And then she leaves me alone for the rest of the day. And so it it was one of those things where, you know, just because he didn't want to go to class and the SPED teachers weren't forcing him to go and his parents weren't saying, why is he not going to class? It was a matter of, I'd expect anyone to do their work. And they all knew that. (laughs) And he was just kind of the lucky victim of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a special education class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. How, because I mean, when people think of the term special education, um, and I I know this because of my own neurological background with hydrocephalus, I think a lot of different ideas come to the forefront when we think about special ed, Mm -hmm. when in reality, special ed can show up in a multitude of ways, just like autism can show up in a multitude of ways. Um, In fact, one of my good friends, Angela Loria, runs an autistic podcast herself and it, it's it's amazing you know people th- from Einstein through to Eminem are all on the spectrum <laughs> mm-hmm. you know with your approach to teaching in the special education field how does your how do, does your approach differ in the special education classroom compared to one-on-one for example or a what I, 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 the, the term escapes me um a, a very typical american space neurotypical yeah 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 i mean a lot of people are, are surprised because i get that question a lot too you know what's the I'm difference sure. and i mean for me at least when it comes to study skills and just again expectations i mean it's the same i mean everyone needs those same study skills to know how to learn everyone mm-hmm. you know needs to do whatever it is they need to do. I mean, if it's getting the homework done, if it's studying for the test, I mean, and everyone needs to have a goal. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the, the big thing that I see most often is that when I ask his parents, you know, what's your teen working towards? They look at me like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, I know you have a goal for your team, whether mm-hmm. it's a GPA, whether it's graduation, whether it's a certain job. But then when we talk to their teens, you know, because I usually ask for parents and their teens to be there when we first meet, their teens are like, I don't know. You know, some of them don't even want to be there. They don't even want to talk. They don't even want to be on camera. And so it's a matter of, okay, you know, <laughs> that's problem number one, because what's the point of doing anything, you know, whether it's school related or outside of school, unless we have something we're working towards. Right. So I don't know if that answers your question, Emma, or not, but <laughs> no. That, that, that's awesome. I mean, goal setting is everything. If you if you fail to plan, you plan to fail um, with, with everything, <laughs> but especially with education and, and teenagers in particular. Have you seen in your work uh, much of a, an impact on young people's self-esteem and mental health? in addition to their increase, well, as a result of their increased grades or their improved educational abilities? Mm-hmm. No, there's no doubt about that. I mean, there are so many students that I work with that 
they're not even willing to raise their hands in class to ask a question just because they're that scared or they mm. just, you know, don't think they can or should. And so, I mean, self-advocacy is a part of my program for that very reason, because, yeah, there are some kids that have so much anxiety or they're just so, you know, worried about what people are going to say about them that it's like, okay, well, don't raise your hand in class. You don't have to do that. And so we talk about other ways they can reach out for help, you know, whether right. it's going before school, staying after class, sending an email. I mean, so many options. And then confidence is also part of my program because again, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, your teen has to be confident enough to even start that assignment, let alone, okay, your teen did really, really well yesterday, but is your teen going to do well today? Depends on if your teen believes he can do it again today. Right. Right. And attitude reflects leadership, obviously. So making sure that we have teachers and educators like yourself in the classroom or in the coaching space that inspire action as opposed to forcing or simply here's a slide here's a book now go forth and do your uh, it's mm -hmm. amazing to me there are so <laughs> many holes in the education system <laughs> this is amazing thank you so much for the work you do jessica i i i just i honor i honor your work so much because i i recognize you know with the high functioning high functioning uh high performing um students that I work with through to the ones that are, are struggling, you know, I think that it's so important for our young people to know that there is a way to access enjoying their learning processes. Because when you, you know, when you fail to, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you don't recognize the importance of growth, if you're not growing, you're dying. So it's like you're literally the, you know, the the um, the fertilizer that's helping these these students' brains kind of come to life. Is there anything that you're working on at the moment at, uh, that you are particularly excited about, or that you want to share with people? Oh, I can tell you that uh, I have my signature program, you know, my Love to Learn Study program. And then because I do offer ACT tutoring, I've had a lot of parents ask about test taking strategies. So that will be something that comes out by the end of the year as well, will be kind of either in addition to my current program or a separate program altogether. So that's pretty exciting. Fantastic. And of course, if people want to get in touch with you, you are Ace Cookie Tutoring on basically everything. Exactly. Uh, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's uh, Ace Cookie Tutor uh, on Twitter. Um, but everything else is pretty, you know, on on brand and <laughs> here to here to empower young people through education and a love of learning. I love that so much. Thank you so much for your time, Jessica. Uh, and thank you, everybody else, for your time and in in listening to this podcast, watching wherever you are in the world. Uh, if you are interested in learning more about Jessica Coulter, go to acecookietutoring.com uh, to help your teenager step into their superpowers when it comes to embracing education and taking control of their academic future. Of course, if you're interested in helping them level up their self-esteem and mental health even more, I would love to have a conversation with you as well uh, because what I do is use music and songwriting to help them put all of their learning juices together uh, creatively into songwriting as they navigate the world of mental health. Um, until next week, friends, do you have anything else you'd like to say, Jessica? No, it's been a pleasure, Emma. So thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I hope that if 
any parents are listening that uh, they, you know, know that there is hope, you know, that it's not that their teens don't want to learn, that their teens aren't lazy. It's just, do they know how to? And do they yeah. have the skills they need? You got to inspire the kids to to want to do and be their best. Absolutely. Awesome. 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 Be good. Be kind. Stay smiling. And remember, friends, don't forget to let the world, ah, don't forget, <laughs> don't forget that you have the pen. Never, ever, ever let the world write your song for you. We're so caught up in listening to the hubbub of disempowering words, disempowering lyrics, disempowering labels. But this isn't that that's not your reality you have control and i hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week until next time Get my feelings straight I dealt with all my mistakes I turned one into one So hard to stay sober I'm damaged and I'm love stoned So hard to remain in control Rewriting what I thought I'd know And I'm drinking it in But the lesson ain't over And I can almost pinpoint where we went wrong I'm not about the sad songs The foundation said I'm good to go
I'm living proof that love wins. <laughs>